podcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 742 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore. Joined today, as I always am, by the lovely, talented, and scholarly Brittany Page. So we know many of you have seen the posts about Popeye and how he is no longer with us. And you're probably thinking that we're going to talk about that today, but we're not. We Not today. We are not going to talk about that today because we are... Not in a place yet to be able to talk about it without um, being emotionally wrecked. We don't want to turn this into a blubber fest where we have to take a break for me to come back from. I mean, we just couldn't. It's impossible. We can't do it today. Yeah. So it's been less than two weeks and it still feels. Um, anyway, we're not going to talk about it. So uh, but we will eventually get to a place where we're able to talk about it. And we just want to thank everybody for. The very kind messages that that you have sent, um, the emails, the the comments, the uh, stuff that people have sent to the PO box, yeah, cards, which, and which gifts. we'll talk about as well later. Um, so we don't want to not say anything about it because uh, we seriously, it's it's helped to make things easier for us that we've received so much support, but um, we're just not ready to get into it. So um, we did take a very 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 impromptu trip to... <laughs> I was wondering where the very was were going. It was definitely impromptu. To Solvang, California, and it was a good trip. It was a really good trip. Yeah, for Very sure. much necessary. I think we got, like, the last hotel room that was available maybe in Solvang. It, yeah, maybe in the whole town. And it was uh, very hot there, and the air conditioning didn't work in the hotel room. Maybe that's why it was the last one available. For one night, it didn't work. It was 76 degrees. We finally got it to cool off to 76 in the room yeah it was like living in phoenix or something where that's what people set their air conditioning to because right, right. it's so hot unacceptable yeah. it is unacceptable we could hardly sleep it was a nightmare and <laughs> we're used to like 68 degrees when we sleep so yeah, we are spoiled little bitches we are we? yeah <laughs> But while we were there, you were up to your usual antics out in the public spaces. What what antics? Well, starting Trump conversations with Trump oh, people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I de- Well, listen, I I grew up in a household where talking about politics wasn't uncouth. You know how people say, "Oh, you don't talk about politics or religion. No politics or religion at the bar or the dinner table." That's all we ever talked about. So it's it's not like a weird thing to me. Right, and but I, wasn't that with a bunch of people who agreed with each other? Yeah, but I've carried that on into my life where I don't get mad about it. And if they didn't disagree, they just fell silent when I stretched Trump's mouth open and took a runny dump into it. Interesting. I wonder what silence in response to that could mean. No, I think they were Trump people, but they didn't say, oh, we actually voted for Trump. They kept their coward mouth shut. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's probably because it was uncomfortable for them. Yeah. And listen, I don't have a problem with it, just so you know. Oh, really? I thought you were a secret Trump voter all of a sudden. No, I mean, I was <laughs> I was like 
I think I grabbed you or I kicked you, you or were something. Like, I think you were grabbing my love handles or gouging your foot into my ankle or something. It was something to say, hey, maybe not the best place. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, again, just because I want to know what vibe are we going for? Are we going to be relaxing here today? Yeah. Or should I get ready with all the ammunition and be prepared to, like, debate somebody right now? I mean, what what's the vibe that we're going for yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. So I just wasn't sure. And I'm, it's not as though I can't be in those situations. Obviously, I have been instigating some of those things in public like in new orleans for example yeah, or you you got in those guys shit that night it, that was great it sometimes happens that way but i just want to know the vibe before we go in of what it, what it's going to be but i was telling you i listened to obama on with uh dak shepherd on the uh, armchair expert podcast this episode of i doubt is brought to you by armchair experts wouldn't that be nice and <laughs> it is not uh and then i guess by virtue of that it'd be brought to you by spotify yeah <laughs> then they just signed like a 50 million dollar deal or something i don't know what the money was but they did go spotify exclusive so i don't hey, know spotify we have a podcast <laughs> we'll go exclusive on spotify we would i mean for the for 50 million you're goddamn <laughs> right we would so anyway, they were talking about, I don't know, dates that they had gone on and how important it is to date people who are intelligent and not just hot. That was basically like the thesis of the conversation. And I was telling you about a date that I went on. I think I was like 18 with this firefighter. I don't want to give too many details because it feels weird anyway. And so we went to the Olive Garden. Great. Wow. Great place. Starting off and, real uh, good. Who picked it? I don't remember those details, but uh, so we went to the Olive Garden and it was so delicious. No, boring. It was it was like salad and breadsticks, baby. No, it was like pulling teeth to try to get this conversation to continue happening. Oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah, and I was really like content just to sit there and stare across the table. Yeah, at you. and I was like, "What's this about?" I didn't know what to do, and so I just like started plotting, plotting your murder later, probably. But I started asking his like views on abortion because I didn't know what else <laughs> to talk about. Like, let's talk about something important, I guess. Wow. Um, so a guy won't talk. Yeah. How do I let's spark some conversation <laughs> here? Let's yeah. spark some conversation. Let's start talking about something lighthearted. Well, um, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Do you like roller coasters? <laughs> no. Brittany goes straight to abortion. Yeah. Well, again, this is you know illuminating how I was then. Apparently, I'm still that way. Yeah, I mean, I can't, again, what, depending on the vibe, I can do that. But if I feel like we're going out and trying to have a good time and not like debating Trump supporters and conspiracy theorists, which is what ended up happening with this guy. I mean, yeah. he kept, not the guy, the 18 year old firefighter I'm talking about now, Solvang. This guy that went silent when Jesse talked about Trump then started for a long time. It felt like forever until we, we left just started talking about his conspiracy theories about COVID and government control. And I was so uncomfortable yeah. because I struggle with how to deal with that in a respectful way. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, I have no response because I don't feel obliged to be, and I wasn't rude to these no, people. You were very respectful yeah. actually about the conspiracy theories. I wouldn't say that you were, doing it in a way that wasn't challenging well, what, no, what it, happens but... is the reason i am respectful in those kind of a situation when alcohol is involved mm. is because you never know how a guy handles his liquor 
and my I don't want to get in a fucking fight. I'm a grown man. I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm I think I'm a lot more snarky when it, it's a sober conversation being had, mm-hmm. and I can kind of gauge where the other where the other person is. Yeah, but it was remarkable to sit across from someone who Has was so confident. Nutty ideas was so confident though, and didn't even think to question who am I talking to? Yeah. Because we're actually close to someone who um, is married to an epidemiologist. Yeah. And I, I actually, my mind went there. Like, what if this guy was saying this shit when our friend's wife was here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he, yeah. he just has no idea. He's not even thinking about that because his views are right. And he's never being challenged in his views. And so he just feels super confident to talk about them regardless of who's present. He doesn't know our education, uh, our job. This just in. Here's a message from the guy. Donald Trump, baby! Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it was a nice break. Uh, we had to get out of the house. It was sad to be here. And we needed to it take a break. still is a little bit. But again, I don't... I don't want to drag us into it. Think, things have gotten a lot better. We will say that. Yes. Uh, things have gotten a lot better. But yeah, it has still been really hard. But it was nice to take a break. And like we said, we appreciate everyone sending the message. And listen, and we are. Maybe next week. We'll see how we feel about it and if we're able to. Um, but I do want to talk about because there's all, there all kinds of funny things that went on. I and mean, there's a bunch of sad. But there's a bunch of stuff I want to share. Yeah. Even having the home euthanasia thing. I want to talk about that a little bit. I don't yeah. think that's... That's, that's something I have never experienced. I didn't even know it was a thing right. until the situation with Popeye. So right. we want to talk about all of this. And we, we really do appreciate all of your love, all of your support, all of your concern. It does. It gets old saying it means the world to us. But it really, it's so meaningful and powerful. The the community that has built up around the show. And um, we, we love and appreciate everybody so much. Thank you very much. For sure. Uh, and when we do talk about it, we will talk about the gifts and the cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get a gift that's not Popeye related that we can talk about. Yeah. Kelly from New England. Mm-hmm. Our She's like our personal librarian. Yeah. <laughs> well, librarian and, and, uh, and bartender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she always sneaks in. The, oh, by the way, I want to talk about the, the sticker on the outside. Oh, yeah. Kelly, you got to be careful. Because you sent, Kelly, listen, this is a message, just bring it in, Kelly. Bring it in, Kel. So you sent the thing at like a certain rate of postage. What was it? Media? Yeah, media, I think. Which gives the post office the the right to, I mean, they, I think they have the right to go through the mail anyway. But there was like a, a stamp on there that it could be inspected at any time by them. And you put booze in there and you're not allowed to send booze via the postal service. So yeah. Just be careful mm-hmm. when you're breaking the law. <laughs> okay. when, you, when you're acting in a criminal manner on our behalf, you got to be more sly. Okay. <laughs> so the book that Kelly sent us is Pure, Inside the Evangelical Movement that Shamed a Generation of Young Women and How I Broke Free by Linda K. Klein. And with it, Kelly sent a message. Dear Brittany and Jesse, episode 739 was perfect timing. I just finished this book about what purity culture does to girls and young women. I thought y'all might enjoy it. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Kelly from New England. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Well, thank you, Kelly. 
as always. We'll for sure read. That's an interesting book. That even might be somebody to have on as a guest. Mm -hmm. That stuff's super interesting to me because of my upbringing in that particular purity culture type of church. Well, and you talked about Kelly being our personal librarian. You may not have said personal, but... I think I said personal. Kelly has sent us... Boxes at this point. We need to count how many books have been sent. I mean, what would you guess? Probably 30 books. 30 was the number in my head. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of books. (laughs) That's a lot of books. And we love it. We love it. Boxes of books. I've said for a long time, if you're thinking of something to get Jesse D, like a family member, I don't know why I'm a lot of the first person. Yeah. That's happened twice Well, this is take two. Oh, did you do it once on the first one? We We may have done it. I may have said it on the first run. Okay, and we don't we, <laughs> we don't normally do multiple runs, but it's well, been one of those weeks. Well, it's been one of those weeks, and we started getting a little too into the Popeye thing, and we can't. It ends up being cry fest, and I I don't want that this to be that. So anyway, <clears throat> anyway, um, thank you to Kelly. Thank you to Kelly and um, boxes. You were ta- you were ta- I, where were we? You were talking about loving books being sent to you. Oh yeah, B- books or booze or like they're. For me, and I think they should be for everybody. Those are a lot of perfect, perfect gifts. You know when I regret saying how much I love books is when I'm moving. Oh, right. What an absolute nightmare books yeah. are when you're moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear Lord. So heavy. Yeah, yeah. So many well, boxes. Also, when, when, when you're with someone who's a dumbass and goes to Home Depot to buy boxes and like, oh. these seem like the right <laughs> I know. size. Oh, my God. And then they're giant fucking boxes. Yeah, that was a mistake. You can't fill a box those sizes. I bought. <laughs> you bought like 10 like, of them. It too. said like medium boxes. I'm like, oh, yeah, these we could do that. And even with clothes in them, they were too heavy. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Anyway, so I'm a jack. Are you not a professional mover? Is that what you're saying? That is. I'm really a professional <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Okay. Well. So thank you, Kelly. We, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for the gifts. Thanks for the books. That is one I am eager to read and possibly have that uh that lady on as a guest. So as we always do, let's get to some listener communication. We have a, a, a voicemail, I think a single voicemail that we're going to play. And it kind of ties into a topic we're going to talk about today. So uh, let's get to it. Hey guys, it's Andy in Oklahoma. Um, I have just kind of taken a break from political news for a little while because it just gives me anxiety. But I've noticed, and, and this is something that's, that's kind of always happened, especially when Trump lost. And we were able to sort of gloat a little bit and kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, pull together and sort of take a victory lap. And everybody was um, able to just sort of breathe a sigh of relief. There were a lot of videos and still are videos that are kind of titled like, um, you know, this Republican makes a fool of himself. Or And it what got me thinking about it was I saw your video, Jesse, about Lauren Boebert and how she basically owns herself which to your audience and to to me like i'm like yes she did she's a total idiot but it really got me thinking because you know david pakman and the young turks and a lot of other you know just general political you know commentators and entertainers not nearly as funny as you guys but uh they tend to have a lot of the similar um, (laughs) titles that are like you know donald trump jr makes a fool of himself or you know there's a lot of self-own you know titles and stuff like that um, and, uh, Tyler Cohen says that a lot on his, where, you know, Lauren Boebert embarrasses herself or whatever, but 
that's to us, you know, like to me and you, we see that and go, wow, they are dangerous idiots. They are people who, I mean, may be the dumbest people ever. But the problem is when Lauren Boebert says stuff like Fauci ouchie, she gets like a giant applause. Like, so I think my, my, what I'm worried about is the Republicans have gotten the base that they have been wanting for decades, forever. They have been defunding education and making it as difficult as possible to get a good education and maligning colleges and calling you know professors liberal elites and all that stuff in order to uh, dissuade their base from becoming educated just so that they could have a, a base that is as ignorant and becoming as stupid as they have now. To where all they have to do is say a couple of buzzwords and they will just eat it right up. So you have somebody like Lauren Boebert who can just sound like such a fucking idiot, like such a dumbass to us, to people who can think for a little bit. But to them, she's a hero. You know, to them, the Fox News hosts that are so just, uh, and OAN and all that, that are so divorced from reality are speaking truth. And they've also been conditioned to vote against their own interest by being uneducated and uninformed. So they sit there and say, uh, they've been sort of convinced that, you know, the millionaires and billionaires, they really don't need to be taxed anymore because one of these days I could be a millionaire and billionaire, so I wouldn't want to be taxed when I get up there. So I'll just, you know, I, I want to make sure that they don't they don't get taxed any more than, than they should, which to them is basically nothing, I guess. Uh, so, but they, they're just so gullible because they're so uneducated and so uninformed. But the pr- but problem really isn't the fact that they're uninformed and uneducated. The problem is that they are willingly so. They have been convinced that to be anything else is, you know, being a lib, being a libtard. You know, to try to educate yourself and to think outside of what you normally would is being a libtard. So I don't know that there's any way out of it, and it's kind of scary. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to vent, and I'm, I'm concerned that there's, there's really no way out of this. You know, I'm, I, I don't know that America can really survive uh, now that, the, that almost half the country, or, or now becoming half the country, is so willfully ignorant. So anyway, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. So there's two things here. Well, there's so many things here. But uh, one is on the titling of YouTube videos. Me and uh, Brian Tyler Cohen and David Pakman and I don't know about the Young Turks. But the, the, the way I title my videos is to elicit someone like, oh, what what is this? Let me click on this and see what he's talking about. So mm-hmm. when I say that Lauren uh, Boebert uh, owns herself or humiliate is one I like to use a lot. <laughs> it's really just to garner someone to to pique their interest to click and see what what went on. Yeah, and then obviously I still believe she did humiliate herself. Mm-hmm. She did own herself. It's an embarrassment. All of that's true, mm-hmm. but you know it's it's clickability. Yeah, so that's why you see some of the same language being used is because we all, I guess I could all those people you named are way bigger than me on in the space, but um. We all understand what works relative to making a YouTube audience click on a video. Yeah. Well, and I'm not sure that 
any title you write other than like Queen Lauren Boebert is very smart and pretty uh, would garner clicks well, that, from... That would be a lie. <laughs> would garner clicks from the, the other side. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know that people that are conservatives would be like, oh, what is Jesse? What is Jesse saying about Queen Lauren Boebert? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, but speaking of the Queen Lauren Boebert, why, all of a sudden she's royalty. <laughs> um, this is the moment that Andy's talking about. I pulled it up from my files, and uh, it, it is, it really is remarkable the Dunning Kruger um, transition that has taken place in the. Look at and let me before we play it. Democrats aren't immune from being stupid about stuff. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. People still get mad when I say anything slightly sideways negative about Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden mm-hmm. on YouTube. And even here, we've witnessed it on the podcast. Yeah. So Democrats aren't immune, but they haven't, they're not proud of it like Republicans are. Uh, listen to this from Lauren Boebert at CPAC last week. We're here to tell government, we don't want your benefits, we don't want your welfare, don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci ouchie, you leave us the hell alone. To rousing applause. Now listen, here, here's, here's the thing about this. It's, they are all hyper proud of being, it's like the guy in Solvang that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. She's dee-dee-doing across the stage and bebopping, and she's got this little little cock-of-the-walk bebop to her. I'm just, <laughs> you'd have to see the video yeah. where she's kind of like... Well, you're also doing it It's right like now. a weird strut she's yeah. got, yeah. and you're Fauci-ouchie. I mean, she makes Sarah Palin look like a fucking Rhodes Scholar, this woman. And she is now, she is the, she is the, the, the a, a headliner for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Rather than be embarrassed about her and keep her out of sight, they invite her to CPAC to speak. Mm-hmm. Railing against the the desperate need for everyone to get vaccinated. The Fauci ouchie. Mm-hmm. She's shitting on the vaccine that Donald Trump couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut about developing. That's That's the thing. It's... All their entire agenda, I think Andy um, touched on it, is about owning the libs. So six months ago, it was the Trump vaccine, the Trump vaccine. Now, this this uh, Cawthorn guy or whatever, the, the young congressman from North Carolina who's in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, they're trying to put the infrastructure in place to be able to come and take your Bibles from you door to door. Mm-hmm. The same thing seven months ago, they were championing championing because it was Donald Trump's. Yeah. It's just fucking dumb, dumb parade. The God's Not Dead number four trailer. Oh. Come to life. Come to life. Next episode, we're talking about that. Well, just to play the song, honestly. The, well, now there's like a new version of the <laughs> there's, song. It's not a new version. It's like a remix. It's not a remix. They're using the exact same song you for every You sent me season. this. You sent, you've, now you've sidetracked me. You sent me the trailer because there's a new God's Not Dead, like 35 or something. Yeah, number four. And uh, you're there just fucking phoning it in now. Whoa. I, I mean, mean it, 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 it's definitely a low budget film. You you pointed that out with the courtroom scene, but it's going. With judge Janine Pirro. Oh, yeah. It's is going. The judge. It's full Christian nationalism. It's full 
they're coming in and taking your Bibles. I mean, I don't know what world these people exist in. It it is uncomfortable to tell people that you don't believe in God. Well, that's want- the world that we live in, and they think that we live in a world filled yeah. with godless heathens they- that want to take Bibles. We live. In a country where the majority of people are believers in God. Yes. Why do they continue the to act like majority. this? Why do they continue to act like this? Not only that, and we're now we're way off track because we're not going to play the clip, but uh, they believe... God's not dead. He's surely alive. <laughs> like a liar. Yeah. <laughs> they... <laughs> now I'm off track, too. God <laughs> damn it. It's a really good song. God damn it. Yeah, it's good. Uh We'll move on. We'll talk about it next week. I'm <laughs> fucked. I lost my train of thought. God damn it. We, again, guys, we're coming out of our depression, so forgive us. We actually were going to do a clip-free show, and then there you were dropping a clip. But this actually goes with something we were going to talk about, which is the COVID uh, pandemic continuing because people are refusing to get vaccinated. L.A. County just went back to a mask mandate that is now in effect. Indoor. Indoor mask mandate, regardless of vaccination status. Now... If you're me and you, this doesn't really change anything because we yeah. continue to wear our masks. We continue to wear them indoors. That's in because last month, 99.2% of all deaths from COVID were unvaccinated Americans. Right now in L.A. County, in all of L.A. County, all of the hospitals that are, that are on the front lines of this battle in the pandemic, not a single person hospitalized for COVID. Not one in all of Los Angeles County is a vaccinated person. All of the rates, all of the, the, the chaos that we're seeing and the spikes in cases are all people who refused to get vaccinated. And let's talk about why it matters that people are refusing to get vaccinated, because there's people who say, I'm young. I'm healthy. I've survived a cold. Right. Okay, cool. So here's how that works, is that the virus is continuing to mutate and spread among among unvaccinated populations. And right now, the vaccine is holding strong against those variants, against the Delta, Delta variant. But what if the virus mutates and there's another variant that the vaccine is no longer effective against? Well, then we're back to square one. This whole thing starts over. We need a new vaccine. Yeah. We're we're back to what we were doing Quarantine, a year ago. Quarantine, locked down in our houses. And that's really the risk. And I don't understand these people who keep saying, me, 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 right? I'm yeah. going to be fine. I don't need to worry. I'm young. I'm healthy. I can handle a cold. I, 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 me, me, me. Do you listen to yourself? It's not about you. It's about everyone else. Yeah. It's well, about us all together. That is, again, coming back to the Solvang thing. What, what I was trying to explain in my you know, science illiterate way of speaking, explain to him how the variants work. Like, well, well everybody, they're still getting COVID. It's like, yeah, dude, come on, bro. Well, and the mask thing, like here in Orange County, there's obviously a large population of anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers. And when we go out in public wearing our masks, people will shake their heads at us like people without a mask. We just we Last were night. we were eating pho the other day. And this woman starts saying that she just got back from Florida, the freedom state, and starts going off about how there's freedom there and there's not freedom here while she's sitting in a pho restaurant eating pho without a mask on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Living her life. Well, also, the, it, well, it's, again, I don't want to get into the details of everything, but 
She was also like complaining about what was going on in Cuba. They're not free. They're not free. And if these young people, they hate it here so much, send them there for a week. We'll see how they don't like it. But then when the when the restaurant owner said something about this is the freest country, well, it used to be, she said. I think she said barely. Barely. That's right. Barely free. Yeah. We're barely free. Yeah. Which They want it all the ways. They want it all the ways. None of it makes any fucking sense. Yeah. So just like that whole thing that I just said. The, the, just like this show, <laughs> that lady's logic made no fucking sense. I know. I hope that new listeners aren't starting with this episode. Because, again, we're coming out of a depressive state. <laughs> so you take two weeks off. And, and then you, you forget how to ride a fucking bike. We're, well, we've been struggling. And we've been trying to give ourselves a break. And anyway, the point is, <laughs> get vaccinated Try to work with people in your life that are anti-vax to also get vaccinated because we don't want to be in a situation where this is never going to end. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, Andy, thank you for the call. We encourage you to sound off. Call in with a brief voicemail. Slightly briefer than Andy's would be better than than, than not. Sorry, Andy. That wow. was just over four minutes. And you're just lucky it's our episode back. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that. We love Andy from Oklahoma. We do. We do. Uh, we have one more piece of follow-up. Well, I was going to give the phone number. Oh, okay. Give it. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Josiah Colt. Oh, speaking of Britney's ex-boyfriends. <laughs> wow. Um. Anyway, so Josiah Colt, the man... The marauder in the Senate. Yeah. Who, you saw him scaling down into the Senate chamber. Yeah. Hanging, who was arrest, hanging arrested. from the balcony in the Senate chamber. That, and in the presiding officer's chair. Yes, which he thought was Nancy Pelosi's chair, but that's okay. <laughs> Super smart guy. And so he pled guilty to one felony charge of obstruction. And in pleading... In... Uh, in pleading guilty, he has agreed to cooperate with Ooh. prosecutors. Yeah. Not only is he disloyal to his country, he's also disloyal to his comrades, and he's going to flip on them. So this may be uh, a problem for his co-conspirators. That's according to the prosecutors. Yeah. Ronald Sandlin and Nathan DeGrave. None of these three have been charged with having weapons, but prosecutors have said, according to reporting from CBS News, that the men drove with a cache of weapons and ammunition to D.C. and described how they breached the Capitol in an effort to disrupt the certification of the presidential election. Now, getting into this, the judge said Wednesday that in exchange for his guilty plea and promised to crop cooperate, Josiah Colt will face a recommended sentencing range of 51 months to 63 months, mm. about four to five years, and a fine of anywhere from 20000 to 200000 Colt also agreed to pay 1000 in restitution. Now, I will tell you, it is very weird to be sitting here at my age, doing this show, reading about Josiah Colt pleading guilty to a felony charge and possibly facing four to five years in prison. You mean the guy who was most likely to be a millionaire Well, it's very, in high school because he was a fucking multi-level marketing dick face. It's just very strange. Do you remember when everyone was like apologizing to me when my yes. tweet was popping off and they're like, I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. And I'm like, no, this is someone that I knew a very right. long time in ago. High in high school. In high school. Let me say this about the guns. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is, we know he had weapons with him. Sorry, was that too abrupt? 
Well, it's what you do. So sorry. Pro- proceed with your thought. That's an emergency thought. Unhappy Brittany. He, just oh, we're going to put the cards there, on the table. Was there something that sausage was being there, made? Oh, okay. unhappy Brittany. Here we go. So you were sent posts, Facebook posts of screenshots that were deleted. Yes. Of him on a bed in a hotel on the drive to DC where he's brandishing his Glock and his his weapons. Yes. So we know he had guns with him. Well, and he admitted that. He admitted that he traveled in a rental car from Tennessee to Washington DC with these two men on January 5th and that they brought with them gear, weapons, a Glock 43 pistol, two magazines of ammunition, a handheld taser stun gun, knives, gas mask, body armor, an expandable wow. baton, walkie-talkies, and bear mace. You know, normal stuff that tourists bring with them to go to the Air and Space Museum. Yes. Well, and he admitted that he brought a a pistol to a separate rally in Washington on January 5th, but did not bring that gun when he breached the Capitol on the 6th. Wow. So, and they have their communications. He admitted that he and his co-conspirators entered the U.S. Capitol during the siege and that on his way into the building, he repeatedly said, let's get to the Senate, bro. (laughs) Even though he thought it was Nancy Pelosi, so he doesn't even know... Are you surprised? Are you surprised? No, I'm not, but it's just all, all of it's incongruent. It's just ignorant fucks. Yeah. Left and right. Mm -hmm. Especially in all of the video from January 6th. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is what is happening there. We said we would follow this story, and we are. And there's many of these individuals. How many have been arrested now? Hundreds? Over 500. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still, they just arrested that family of five last week. Yeah. Um, Remarkable. Yeah. So the woman who said that. uh, Tear gas tastes like freedom Oh, in a social media post. Yeah, well, I'm sure there will be more people following in Josiah Colt's shoes and agreeing to cooperate and provide information for a lesser yeah, yeah. charge. I'll tell you what doesn't taste like freedom. Incarceration. I bet you it tastes a lot like incarceration. Well, it, <laughs> and it, it has to be... I, I almost wonder if there's a sense of like coming out of the, I don't know what other word to use, but indoctrination, like coming out of whatever was happening mm-hmm. with you. And now you're like, wow, because of this thing that I got caught up in, that I like lost control in, yeah. I'm now going to be in prison for five years. Wow. Right. Mr. Reality check Most time. likely to become a millionaire guy. It's reality check time yeah. of what what went wrong. How did I allow myself to get caught up in this stuff that wasn't even real? Yeah, Trump is not the president anymore, and he's not going to protect you. He's not protecting you. He's yeah. not stepping in. He's not yeah. your guy. He's not helping you. He doesn't know who you are. He didn't help you then. He's not helping you now, bro. Yeah, and I mean, that has to Dude, be... Dude, bro, let's go to the Senate. That has to be... <laughs> it has to be some sort of a, a wake-up call, right? You'd hope so. You'd we'll, hope so. We'll see. All right. We'd love to hear from you again. 657-464-7609. Of course, email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. 
We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Stephen C. Stephen C. Desiree SM. Desiree SM. Bridget A. Bridget A. Stephen A. Stephen A. Sam T. Sam T. We love Sam T. Sam T. Sam T is a new Patreon supporter right now, but Sam T has been a longtime supporter of the show. OG. OG. Early adopter. Yes. That's so, not what OG stands for, but. That's, it is not, but <laughs> everyone. Like, those, everyone those letters don't add up to early adopter. All right. Also. He's an EA. Also. Adam S. Adam S. Tyrone B. Tyrone B. Lucas M. Lucas M. Todd S. Todd S. Jonathan W. Jonathan W. Austin M. Austin M. Lilith L. Lilith L. All right. And now we're going to move on to people who du- uh, not doubled their pledge. I'm sorry. Edited their pl- <laughs> Increased their pledge. All right. All right. <laughs> and some of them did double, and that's why I said that. So here we go. Um... Okay, one more new Patreon supporter. Adam and Christine M. Adam and Christine M. Okay, now we will move on to people who increased their pledge on Patreon. We would like to give a shout out to Betty VH. Betty VH. And if you if you could have read that just a little bit. Uh, Betty VH. Eight. Slower for me, so I could... Okay. So Adam and Christine M. actually became a new Patreon supporter and then doubled the pledge that they had oh. originally signed up for. So special shout so out they, to them. they signed up. They thought better of what they had done <laughs> and then said, you know what? Not good enough. Yes. Well, thanks, you guys. And then we want to give a shout out to... Hmm. Uh, D-G-L-S-G-R-T-H-S. What Brittany said. And... That person, um, Digils Garths, and they edited their pledge and doubled it. So fantastic! Special shout out. I'm assuming that's some sort of um, username to obscure the name because they don't want us to read the name. But that's totally fine. You know, when you put your name on Patreon, we will read whatever you write. Maybe well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> God damn. Um, You're inviting horror upon yeah, us. We will not read whatever you write, I guess. So just everything this episode <laughs> is. Yeah. So anything you want us to read, just write it down in your username. <laughs> I'll say it. I'm like fucking Ron Burgundy. <laughs> just put it on the prompter, bro. Jesus Christ. Oh, this All episode right. is a nightmare. Moving on. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. We have been talking about critical race theory for the past few episodes because it's the new hot topic for conservatives. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of concerns about what children are being taught in schools, and they want to make sure that certain civil rights events. Accomplishments. Yes are not talked about anymore. And here's a perfect example from the Texas Senate. This was passed on Friday. It's legislation that would end requirements that public schools include writings on women's suffrage and the civil rights movement in social studies classes. Among the figures whose works would be dropped, Susan B. Anthony, Cesar Chavez, and Martin Luther King Jr., whose I Have a Dream speech and letter from a Birmingham jail would no longer make the curriculum cut. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, it couldn't be any more naked their motivations than this. Mm-hmm. They're cutting out the writings and teachings of two, uh, uh, of uh, uh, a Mexican-American and, and, and Martin Luther King Jr., a black American, and a woman. Well, in the bill... No, no white dudes are getting cut out. Well, in the bill, according to reporting from Bloomberg Law was passed on a vote of 18 to 4, but it is now stalled because the House can't achieve a quorum while a breakaway group of Democrats is out of the state. The special session is set to end on August 6th. It would remove more than two dozen teaching requirements from a new law that bars teaching of critical race theory. So, again, with this trash. Now, I you- mean, this is effectively book burning. This is censorship of our history. Well, from the party who cares a lot about cancel culture. And you know Ruby Bridges? Yeah. Ruby Bridges goes to Louisiana. school. The book, right? The At the age of six, she was one of the first African-American students to integrate the New Orleans all-white public school system. And according to reporting from the Tennessean, this is a problem. They no longer want the Ruby Bridge story to be taught. And why, you might ask? There is a group called the Williamson County Chapter of Moms for Liberty. Of course, fucking Liberty. And the head of that organization, Robin Steenman, is it Steenman? Yeah, Steenman, um, brought several books that were a problem. One of the books she specifically referred to was Ruby Bridges Goes to School. And this was her issue with the book, quote, Get ready for fucking insanity. The mention of a, quote, large crowd of angry white people who didn't want black children in a white school too harshly delineated between black and white people. And she complained that the book didn't offer redemption at the end. That is because, Steenman, there was no fucking redemption. These were racist assholes who gathered outside to harass a child who was going to school with white kids. Mm Mm-hmm. There is no redemption in a story that lacks redemption. Mm -hmm. They were forced to do it by the hand of the government because they were too racist in their thoughts and deeds to do it themselves. Yeah. And And, it's too harshly delineates. What do you, uh, uh, an angry white mob? Why do you have to put it like that? They were just concerned citizens. Another, Another book that she is not happy with is Separate is Never Equal. And it is the story of Sylvia Mendez and her family who fought to end school segregation in California in 1947, seven years before Brown versus Board's Supreme Court ruling. And Steenman has said that reading about the differences between formerly white and Mexican schools, as well as the idea that Mexican people like Mendez and her family were seen as, quote, not smart and, quote, dirty, forces certain beliefs into the minds of the second graders who spend weeks on the book. She said she disapproves of guidance for teachers to teach words like like injustice, unequal, inequality, protest, marching, and segregation in grammar lessons. These are remarkable moments in America, in our history right now. That they are with their mouths. They're, they're just unabashedly saying, we don't want this taught. This is history. They're not even like ginning it up. This yeah. is just what fucking happened. Right. And these weak ass spineless white ladies once again in american history it's white ladies who are taking the 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 bull by the horns 
and uh, making things worse for America. This isn't a sexist thing to say. The sisters of the Confederacy are the ones responsible for all of those Confederate monuments you see all over the South, all over the country. And now here they are again. Because it's more palatable when a group of ladies gets together as concerned mothers than it is if a bunch of angry white dudes do it. Mm -hmm. This is strategy. This is meant to be what they do, and they're doing it um, without even... I mean, they're not even trying to hide what it is they're doing. It's just, oh, Trump's here. We'll just do it right out in the open. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. Well, and the thing about redemption at the end, not appreciating the book because there's not redemption at the end. Uh, We live in reality, lady. And sometimes reality, there's no redemption for people. Sometimes people are just bad and have done bad things. Yeah. And that needs to be taught. And there's there's not always going to be redemption at the end of a story. Well, what would this be re- isn't a Disney movie? What would be redemption for her? Well, and the white people they let it happen, and they didn't murder all the black kids. I mean, is that the redemptive element? Is what? well, no schools got burned to the ground by the white people. That's redemption for them. Well, no, that's a good question. What is redemption for her? Is she does she support reparations? Is that the redemption that she wants added in there? Is an addendum that the United States has not offered reparations and that it needs to? Is that her position? Uh, my guess is no. Oh, okay. The mothers of liberty, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so she has she has an issue with several books that are included in the curriculum and presented these excerpts to the Williamson County Commissioner's Education Committee. And uh, I think we'll be seeing more of this. We will be seeing more of these stories as critical race theory continues to be the thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. Again, this was supposed to be a clip-free show, and only because uh, I didn't want to go through all the pre-production work putting clips together. Mm-hmm. Again, this is how the sausage is made, everybody. Yes. That's how it's made. What's so, our next topic? Well, we want to talk about the child tax credit, the expanded federal uh, child tax credit. It seems like there are some kinks in it. Like People are supposed to be getting direct deposit, but they're getting a check. But all in all, overall, all in all, overall, Brittany... <laughs> all in all over all everybody mm-hmm. um it seems like a a game changer for families yes well you can go to the child tax credit update portal and that allows you to check if you're enrolled to receive the payments or unroll uh, unenroll and stop getting the advance payments you can also provide or update your bank account information there and that's through the irs website so if you haven't yet you need to go and create an account and sign up have your photo identification ready and that will enable you to be getting the payments so right now the parents of 60 million children on thursday began receiving monthly checks through the expanded federal child tax credit and the irs said that it sent out 15 billion in checks on Thursday, Good. with almost nine of the 10 of the payments directly deposited into recipients' bank accounts. Eligible families with children under six will get 300 per child, while families with children ages six to 17 will receive 250. Some households risk missing out on payments, especially low-income families who aren't required to file federal income tax returns. So this is why it's important to, if you are not automatically getting these, to go to the IRS website and figure that out. Now, some people 
may feel like they don't want to be getting these payments. So you are able to opt out of those payments. It will just come as a tax credit to you at the end of the year. You're getting it anyway, but if you feel weird about getting government assistance, there's a way to opt out. But before we give that link, let me let me let me say this. We all need to do a better job of normalizing and destigmatizing receiving government benefit. I grew up, Brittany has told countless stories about being in grocery stores and feeling ashamed. I'm getting emotional. And feeling ashamed when the checker's like, is this cash check or food stamp? You have said this a bunch of times. And I remember having free lunch and knowing that they were clicking my ticket and then making a big tally mark in my mind like a, like a siren rang. Free lunch. And I was so ashamed. I, I, I chose not to eat lunch at school for a long time because I was embarrassed about getting free and reduced lunch. And if you're in a position where you don't need this money, don't opt. My advice would be don't opt out just for trying to normalize government benefits, destigmatizing that because you're going to get it at the end of the year. Anyway, this is a, this is like a, an advance on your tax return. Anyway, there is a way to opt out. Yeah. Well, and there are uh, tax professionals that recommend it in certain cases, specifically if you owe, if you typically owe taxes, if your income increased this year, um, if you're divorced, if you lived abroad, there are certain situations that it may benefit sure. you to opt for the tax credit at the end of the year. But one than- of those reasons that you just listed isn't because you feel weird about getting the government benefit. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, if it's going to be better financially for you, yeah, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. And so this is such an important thing. There's a lot of progressives that are pushing for this to be permanent because right now it is not permanent. It is just for the year. And the bottom 20% of U.S. households will see a 35% boost in annual income from the child tax credit expansion included in the American Rescue Plan. So it's it's crucial. And a lot of news organizations have been reporting, um, interviewing different families, asking them how they're going to use it. And you have parents talking about how it's going to be something as simple as they can afford to like take their kids out to the zoo. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they can afford to buy back to school supplies. They can, if they don't end up spending all their money that month, they can save an extra $50 a month. And then when they get to September, they have enough money to buy Christmas presents. Um, getting a tutor, getting gymnastics lessons, paying for daycare, paying for diapers, educational support, paying bills, um, getting a car to take their kids to appointments, daycare expenses, private school tuition is this person buying a reliable car. I mean, they're being poor is a fucking bummer. It is a bummer. And I think it even weighs equally as heavy on kids. And we should not be, and I don't think our audience on the whole, you know, largely as a group care about this, but we, care about the shitting on this, but we we should be thinking about what it's like for when you're a kid and you're you're petrified because you know you're poor. It it happens gradually that you realize you're not like the other kids. Mm-hmm. When you're young, young, you don't know. You're just a kid. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, you realize 
it's different for us. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And, in, and, and, and as a civilization, as a society, we should be doing everything we can to help ease the burden on children who didn't choose the situation they're in. I mean, their parents didn't choose it. Certainly the kids didn't choose it. Right. And this this person that was uh, interviewed in the CBS News article, India Hatcher, uh, 37 of Atlanta, they said, quote, I know some people will down it because they look at it as another handout. I don't understand how that is possible since we are working adults and I don't know any parent in the world who couldn't use another $250 for their child. And it goes to what you said, Jesse, which is my my mom was a single mom for four kids and often needing handouts from the church people to pay the bills and keep the house and keep the lights on and keep the heater on sometimes, not always, but you know, we took what we could get. And this would have been life changing for my mom. She wouldn't have had to ask people for money. We wouldn't have been trying to go to the food banks to get food. Um, Probably still would have been on food stamps and having the cashiers yell, is it is it cash or food stamps? <laughs> uh, that probably still would have happened. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well, also because some of those people are conservative idiots who live in Idaho and want to shame people because they're on food stamps. Yeah, well, I don't know what it was. It could have also been in my head, by the way, as a kid. You know, the shame amplifying. Yeah, but it also couldn't have been. It could have been the person actually doing that. Well, and that's true because I remember my mom. Like we would turn away in shame. And yeah. almost run out of the Winco. <laughs> I'd be scanning the lines. Is anyone that I know in these other lines? Yeah. Oh, they're going to yell at any minute now. You're, listen, you're telling a very common story. Yeah. It's not just you. It's I did the same stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go uh, wait in the car. No, yeah. For no reason. No reason. I'm just going to go wait in the I car I would do that, too. I would yeah. do that, too. Yeah. And then she <laughs> she would feel abandoned because she knows what I'm doing. I don't right. need to go wait in the car. I'm trying to hide. I'm trying right. to get out of here. Imagine living in an even smaller town than you grew up. Oh, yeah. My tiny town. A nightmare. Yeah. A nightmare. <laughs> and when I grew up, food stamps wasn't a debit card. It was actual fucking Monopoly money that you're paying with that everyone can see. What are those brown and weird green and pink dollar bills? What are those? Don't you wish, isn't that one of those moments, though, where you wish you could go back in time with your current mindset and your current knowledge and your current experience and just kind of lean over the check writing thing to the lady who's yelling food stamps and say, isn't it nice? Isn't it nice that the government can stand in the gap for us while... Our dad is in prison, and my mom works two jobs to try to s- support four kids. Isn't it nice that we're able to eat food from the Winco? Don't you appreciate yeah. how that's possible? You know I'm a kid, right? <laughs> Do I deserve to starve? Yeah. Ugh. Um, so we got off on a little tangent there. Uh, Do you think? <laughs> Do you think? Again, this show is us coming out. Do we need to keep reminding people coming I out? I have a headache of a, right now. No. I don't even know. Well, before we start, let's just tell people. Before we started this... We almost didn't do it again. Yeah. But we had posted that we would do it. And this show is a little bit different for, from your YouTube videos because I think people wonder, well, Jesse's doing videos on YouTube. Like, where's the podcast? Yeah. This is a lot more personal than the oh, YouTube sure. videos. Yes. And so it becomes a little bit more difficult. Well, I don't want to say I'm a character in the videos because I'm certainly not. But this is, we're laying ourselves out here. Yeah. It is absolutely personal. I'm I briefly mentioned at the end of a video last week, thank you for all your support. Oh, it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, we lost our dog and I, and then I wrapped it up. But I don't go into detail like we do here. And this is, this is raw stuff. Well, and I think we've become more transparent about things that come up and that we struggle with over time. In the beginning, I don't think we did that. Right. But we've been doing this for like seven years now. And yeah, Jesus. it becomes difficult to maintain the certain level of putting content out when yeah. like life is happening. It's going to be eight years in February. Yeah. And sometimes life kind of forces you to pause and stop for a little bit and deal with your shit. Yeah, this is a, a way bigger emotional investment than than me on YouTube. Yeah. Without a fucking doubt. Yeah. So anyway, and this That's is something I've even thought about before. So. Yeah, and this is, again, kind of a haphazard show, so we're sorry if you were expecting our normal <laughs> clip-filled, useful, beneficial show. I'm not sorry, I'm not, <laughs> and I don't think the audience is even sorry. I think they're, they're, one, likely happy to have us back, two, happy that we're okay, Yeah. and three, um, people fucking get it, man. Yeah. I mean... It's wonderful. No, I'm done. <clears throat> I can see it coming up for you. So I will try to fill the time, even though that is not my talent. It is your talent. And I... I'm done. Anyway. Um... We have more topics. But we're going to end it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for your time that you give us whenever we show up. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-76. I'm trying to get in the rhythm. <laughs> it's not working. 657-464-7609. We'd love to hear from you on email or a voice memo. Um, I doubt it at dollamore.com. We'll see you next time. We love you. Thank you for all of the time that you dedicate to us. Thank for all of the, the kind words and the thoughts and the love. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore. And this has been I Doubt It.